What is up, everybody? Welcome into Anti Up. I'm Howard Bender. With me, of course, Adam Ronis. Brought to you here on the Sawdust Podcast Network, courtesy of Fantasy Alarm and our wonderful sponsors, Monkey Knife Fight. We'll get to them in a little bit. But, Adam, week six? Wow. Um, you know, came in with, like, the roar of a lion. Uh, there were some real high-scoring games early on on Sunday. And I got to tell you, man, you want to talk about going out with a whimper. There were some, uh, there were some bad football uh, played in the, uh, in, in the Sunday night game and then the Monday games uh, as well. I know you're taking it kind of hard here. Your fantasy team's not producing when, uh, when, when, when some of these top teams start going down. You okay? You all right? You, you need a hug? Yeah, I'll get over it. I just need a period of mourning and, and everything. The immediate result didn't go your way and decisions that you wish you made in a different direction. So you just have to wake up on a Tuesday morning and uh, move on to week seven and hope things go better. I mean, it wasn't an awful week, but it wasn't. No, nah, it wasn't good, man. Even even one of my best teams had a, had a shit week. So I have a lot of DeAndre Swift and I only played him in one league, but mm. I think I think it's understandable. I mean, it was tough to play him based on what we've seen so far. And I didn't have enough desperate situations where I said, all right, I have to play him. There was just one league where I'm like, all right, well, I don't have any better options. I have to play him. Yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat. You know, I was uh, I, I was talking about it before I had him on the bench in the GST league. Uh, which I had him on the bench in that league too. <laughs> I lost, I lost my game by six points. I lost the truck. Your, uh, your partner in, uh, in another league, um, which really just kind of bummed me out because, you know, I mean, y- you make the right decision. Sometimes when you make the right decision, the call just still doesn't work. And I wasn't going to start him over Joe Mixon or James Robinson or Raheem Mostert. Um, and then there was uh, there was a fourth one. I can't even off the top of my head now. Can't even remember who it was, but uh, it was it was not somebody who you should have started Swift, you know, over. So I mean, listen, these things happen. I'll give you one worse, man. How about this? Uh, in a number of leagues, right before I guess like thirty minutes before, we call that Tinker Time uh, with Ani Sreeder over at SiriusXM. You know, that hour before when you're usually like tinkering with your DFS lineups. Well, I had all my DFS lineups set and squared away, and I promised I wouldn't tinker with them. But what did I do in my seasonal leagues? Uh, I dropped the Bucks defense twice <laughs> for for garbage that was sitting there. But I was like, ah, it's Green Bay. They're going to destroy them. Uh, so that screwed me over. And then uh, on top of that, uh, in in the Fish League, no less, which is IDP also, uh, literally like 10 minutes before the game started, I dropped Minka Fitzpatrick, uh, and, and put in Jabril Peppers because I was like, it's against the giants, right? And green and, uh, Pittsburgh secondary has been giving up points. So, uh, literally within five seconds, uh, of the game starting Minka Fitzpatrick had a pick six and I just, I knew it was going to be one of those weeks. Yeah, it happened. Same thing with me with Swift in that league. You, uh, I don't. The only guy you can maybe make an argument for was Antonio Gibson, but you know Gibson was getting more volume. It didn't happen this week though. It was kind of more of a split. You know, I had Madison. You got to play him, and then you know, good wide receivers. So you know, Jonu Smith going down sucked this week. I have him in a lot of leagues, and then you watch Anthony Ferkser go off and have a big game, and it's like, well, that could have been Jonu Smith. So <laughs> one of those weeks where you know a lot of things. Kind of don't work out. Alexander Madison is a guy that I have in every league where I drafted Dalvin Cook and then several others where I don't have Dalvin Cook. And I felt good. I'm like, oh, wow, I get to use Madison this week. And, well, they just got uh, trounced from the start. And he was kind of useless because they don't use him much in the passing game. So one of those weeks, man, where a lot of things that you expected to happen didn't. And it's going to happen in the NFL. It certainly is. It certainly is. All right. Well, let's do a little recap of uh, of week six, and we'll go game by game and highlight a couple of things from a from a fantasy or at least a betting perspective. Uh, and let's we might as well just start with the Minnesota game because you know while Kirk Cousins delivered for fantasy owners overall, three hundred forty three yards, three touchdowns, three picks. 
Uh, the picks weren't that costly, except if you had Madison, because those three picks came like right there in the beginning of the game. And the next thing you knew, they just they were like, ah, screw it. We're going to abandon the ground game the entire time. And, yeah, and this tends this tends to happen, right? When everyone's like, oh, Cousins, a great streamer this week. Yeah, I got to play Cousins. Uh, and of course, now in the end, fantasy-wise, it still worked out. But man, uh, just from an NFL perspective, just an awful performance. Yeah, oh, from an NFL's perspective, it was gross. But you know what? Justin Jefferson owners are, are super stiked about the way everything went. Adam Thielen still came in and caught a touchdown. I uh, didn't have crazy numbers or whatever, but, you know, 51 yards and a touchdown uh, worked for him. I think the big story here is the Falcons, you know, and I've, I've been quoting those the, the numbers uh, all week long saying, take the Falcons, take the Falcons. Uh, Falcons were a four-point underdog coming into the game. I said, uh, since 2010, teams who fire their head coach in season uh, either win outright or at least cover the spread in their first game afterwards. and. You know, worked with Houston last week or two weeks ago when when that went down when they fired Bill O'Brien and uh, Houston ended up beating up on Jacksonville and you know easily covering a six point spread. Man, the Falcons really just uh, you know a house of fire here, scoring ten points every quarter. Matt Ryan looked fantastic. Welcome back, Julio Jones. Uh, Calvin Ridley got a little banged up, but still managed six catches for sixty one yards and a touchdown. Even Hayden Hurst got in the box on this one. Yeah, I think the key was having Julio Jones back. Matt Ryan's just not the same without him. So getting him back just really propelled the offense. Yeah, it was really nice. It was good to see. All right, let's uh, let's flip over to uh, well, do you how are you feeling about Falcons moving forward? I think it's week to week. Um, obviously, you always feel good about Julio and Ridley and Ryan in the right matchup. You can use him, and Gurley is still touchdown dependent. What have I told you the next two games are against Detroit and Carolina? Yeah, I mean, you, you feel good about those matchups. Yeah, I definitely feel good about those matchups. All right, let's go to another game. Jets-Miami. I mean, come on. <laughs> you know, I mean, really, this this game was never in question. It was never a contest. Uh, Fitzpatrick, uh, okay, less than 200 yards, but three touchdowns, two picks. Uh, I mean, I, I, the, the big question about this one here, because we can forget about the Jets. The Jets are a joke. Even Jamison Crowder didn't come through, and that was sad. But I think the big story of unrest in Miami, Adam, uh, is Adam Shaheen the new Mike Kosicki? Uh No, but, I mean, for them to throw a touchdown to two tight ends and it not be Gusecki and he had a zero – just very frustrating. I mean, you know, again, this was a day they didn't pass much. Only 18 pass completions for Fitzpatrick. They just were ahead. But, you know, we've seen a couple of these down games now from Kaseki, And it's been frustrating because you're probably most people going to bench him. Well, no, they're on by. But the, the game that they come back from, they're probably going to bench him. And then he'll probably have his uh, five for 91 like he did two weeks ago. So we've just seen it from him. I mean, look at the game logs. Eight for 130 in a touchdown. One for 15 in a touchdown. One for 15. Five for 91. And a zero. I mean, it's just inconsistency. But that's the, the state of the tight end position for the most part. Unless you have Kittle, Kelsey. I mean, even Mark Andrews had a quiet game. Uh, Darrell Wall has been pretty good, but that's just the way the tight end position is. I mean, you know, everyone's pumping their chest about TJ Hawkinson. Do you realize like TJ Hawkinson is living on touchdowns right now? He's not getting huge volume at all. You know, he had two for 17 this week in a touchdown. Why? Everyone's happy because he scored a touchdown. If he doesn't, we're putting him right in the conversation with Gusecki. And then the game before that, two catches, nine yards, one touchdown. <laughs> I mean, he's got three touchdowns in five games this year. You Listen, you're not going to get me to, to, you know, laugh or enjoy anybody's victory lap when it's something like this. You know, I mean, it's just, it's, it's, ugh, it's, it's gross. It's, you know, you can't take a victory lap on, on a guy like Hawkinson when, you know, like you look at him game to game where he goes. You know, the only reason people were on him is because Jacksonville is just such a miserable defense. 
Uh, and you know, and they can't cover the tight end. We've seen that a million times. It's 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 a horror show, dude. No, and I don't get me. I love Hawkinson. I love his talent. But I like, like him. You know, I don't love him. But people are, are, you know, people are like crapping on Gasecki when it's like, okay, well, Hawkinson got saved by a touchdown the last two weeks. Well, he's not scoring every week. So what happens next week when he's two for eighteen? Then oh, he sucks. You know what I mean? It's just the way the tight end position is, especially when you're not. A huge staple of it, like Kelsey and Kittle are staples of their offense. You know, a down game for them is four for 50. But every other tight end, you're just going to have these these down games. Now, you don't expect a zero, especially in a matchup against the Jets. But uh, unfortunately, it happened. So you think I'm jumping the gun by renaming him Mike Gusecki? Um, Yeah. Okay. All right. Gusecki it is. <laughs> All right, let's go to the D- Detroit Jacksonville game. Here it was Swift's big breakout, and you know, and I, I, I'll be honest with you, man. I mean, it was one of the reasons that we, you know, we kind of we we talked about him, you know, on Friday's show. Uh, I did with uh, with Jim Bowden because I kind of put you know Swift in that same situation where I was looking at with the Jets. Uh, you know, I said, Adam Gase, I threw a penalty flag, a premature penalty flag on, on Thursday's show. I basically said that this is for Adam Gase, because I know that the jackass is going to give more carries to Frank Gore than to LaMichael Pirine. I just know that's the case. I said, you know, they're in a, in a, in a situation where they're going nowhere and isn't it better to see what you have in a running back for the future as opposed to hoping that this old timer has still has something left in the tank. And I kind of feel the same way about Detroit. It was like, you know, you're coming off the bye, you're going up against Jacksonville, could be a big confidence boosting type game. Why wouldn't you use Swift instead of sitting there being like, yeah, we could just truck out Adrian Peterson each time. They still use Peterson though a lot, you know, the reason why this worked out is because they jumped out to a lead and they ran the ball a lot. I mean, they ran the ball 39 times. So I don't see that happening every game. Swift had 14 carries, Peterson had 15. So, and Swift only played 32.7% of the snaps. Peterson was at 38.9%. So, you know, for everyone saying, oh, this is it, this is the takeover. I'm not so sure about that. I want it to be as someone who is heavily invested in DeAndre Swift. <laughs> right. He might be one of my highest owned players when I looked at all of the, the, the benches that he's on for me. Uh, so I want it to happen. But they still use Peterson. Peterson was used early on, got the touchdown. Swift had that big 54-yard run. They did go back to him later. So that was nice to see. You would hope that this continues going forward. Uh, and what's going to happen is we're all going to start him next week, especially with four teams on by, and we're all crossing our fingers and praying that he can continue to produce. I mean, it's clear he's better than Peterson right now. I, again, much respect for Peterson for still playing. He's solid, but um, you know, could this have been because they had a buy and they worked on things more? Maybe. I mean, by far, season high in carries. You know, his other games were three, five, zero. We all remember that one. And four. So, um, you know, he's very talented. He was drafted early for a reason. And now we got to hope that that they use him more. I mean, that this continues because uh, I don't know if 39 carries is going to happen every week. I mean, this was a matchup where it worked. They were playing Jacksonville. They're not a good team. Uh, and they were able to be up on them. Uh, they get the Falcons this week. It is on the road. Then they get the Colts. That's going to be a tougher game. Um, even though the Colts are not that good either, but the bottom line is there's a lot of parody in the NFL. There is a lot of parody in the right? NFL. Well, I mean, I get, I I'm lucky enough or fortunate enough, I guess, uh, that, that I can just put Deandre Swift into Raheem Mostert's spot in like the GST league. Cause I've been flexing Mostert. So I actually, you know, I mean, I'd rather, I mean, there's nothing on the waiver wire right now. So, I mean, at least it, it gives me the opportunity to, to start him in good conscience and hope that it, uh, uh, you know, this game against the Falcons uh, is uh, is going to be a positive game script for him again. That's what we hope. Yeah, I'm in the same position in a couple leagues where one, I have Miles Sanders. He's out. Oh, okay, Swift, you're in. 
Yeah, it's nice when you have depth, isn't it? Mm-hmm. We'll find out. We'll we'll see if we're uh, laughing and happy uh, a week from today, or if uh, we're crying and miserable because Swift got four touches. Adam, we're always laughing and happy. We're good, happy, go lucky, jovial guys. Come on, right? It's all lollipops, want- rainbows, and sunshine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, all our uh, fantasy football teams are undefeated right now after week six. Yours too. Yeah, all of them. Oh, <laughs> Mazel tov, man. That's good stuff. Good stuff. Um, all right, let me ask you a question about on the other side of this uh, Detroit game, Jacksonville, right? Is Keelan Cole the guy to own in Jacksonville? No, I still think it's DJ Chark. He got 14 targets, and he should have had about a 50-yard pass that Minshew missed him on. So he still finished seven for 45, but he led the team in targets with 14. So it's still Chark and still LaVisca Chanel. Uh, I don't, I know he didn't have a good game, uh, but he had seven targets. So uh, I don't think it's Keelan Cole. I think this is just that one big game that he has probably the best game this year. And um, yeah, and that's it. I mean, he's been held to under 50 yards in three of the five games. So I think it was. I think it's Chark and Chanel most weeks. Okay, so I just wrote yeah. my article in the Post uh, talking about Marvin Jones. Um, you know, AJ. Yeah, I think it's time to get rid of Marvin Jones, right? Yeah, me too. Mar- yeah. Marvin, who did I say it was uh, Marvin Jones? Ty Hilton. Ty oh Hilton goodness. was the other one. Yeah, oh, and Julian shit. Edelman here. Yeah, and AJ Green, although he had a bounce back here. Right. Well, you know, but I mean, really, was that enough? Is that really enough to turn around and be like, oh, AJ Green's back? No, not at all. No, but at least he showed life. The other guys have shown nothing. Like T.Y. Hilton is, dude, this was a game and the Colts put up a ton of points. Okay. If I would have told you, hey, the Colts are going to put 31 up and they're just going to be fall behind against the Bengals. They're going to be down. Rivers is going to throw 44 passes, throw for 371 yards and three touchdowns. Guess T.Y. Hilton's stats. No matter how pessimistic you are on T.Y. Hilton, there's no damn way you're predicting, oh, one catch, 11 yards. And that's exactly what he did. Yeah, you know, I mean, listen, I I totally agree with you there. I feel like it's the exact same thing when you hear that the Pittsburgh Steelers throttled the Browns 38-7. to And you're like, wow, 38 points. That's pretty sick. Big Ben must have had himself a hell of a day. 162 yards, one touchdown. Yeah, he didn't need to do anything. The defense scored a touchdown, right? Uh, the defense scored a touchdown. Yeah. Uh, Benny Snell ran one in. Yeah. Chase Claypool ran one in. James Conner ran one in. I mean, it was uh, it's, it was dog shit, man. It was, it was and Hilton, terrible. Hilton did have a touchdown taken off the board by a penalty. They were like, wait, T.O. Hilton scored? Penalty. What right? is it? Yeah, I don't five know. Yard we're just throwing a flag. <laughs> <laughs> T.O. Hilton can't score anymore. All right, back to play. Oh, my God. It's brutal, man. It's brutal. But, yeah, this over 30 crowd. Marvin Jones, dog shit from him. Julian Edelman, bad for him. I mean, this is just it's a it's a young man's game. There's just there's no other way to look at it. It's just terrible. Even terrible. Juju Smith-Schuster, that dude is old now. He's 23. <laughs> I know, bro. He's I know. killing me. He's killing me because I'm fighting with a dude who's just like, ah, I want to drop him. I'm like, oh, fine. go ahead, drop him. I was like, you, you suck. I mean, I was like, come on. You got to be kidding me. It was like all the people. Remember I said last week, I was like, all these people are going to drop Matt Ryan. And then feel like right, a bunch yeah. of idiots afterwards. Um, I will say this, though. And you can easily point to stuff that I get wrong um, every single week, like we all do. Um, but I was uh, concerned about Juju. And I had Claypool ahead of Juju this week in the rankings. Me. <laughs> No, I'm just saying, though. <laughs> I, I don't think you can start Juju with confidence right now. I don't think you can either. I thought you could. You know, here was the thing. Cleveland, you know, one of the big problems with the Cleveland defense, you know, great on the outside, terrible across the middle. So I was like, yeah, I'm looking at, at Juju, and, and I thought Ebron would have himself a decent game. Ebron, two catches for nine yards. Um, Yeah, it was, it's just, it was terrible. It was absolutely terrible. And, yeah, moving forward. You have to worry about that. I mean, you know, see, here's the thing, though. It's like, you know, they say, you know, Juju is he's only good when, you know, he's got Antonio Brown on the outside. But, you know, I mean, listen, I'm not saying it's Antonio Brown, but when you've got Claypool and Washington on the outside, I mean, you would think that would draw enough coverage away from, you know, attention to Juju. He's just not even getting targeted, man. It's crazy. 
I mean, he, it's, he's like, got, it's he's, like he didn't vi- visit Ben in the hospital after the surgery, and now Ben's all mad at him. I, I don't know what it is, man. The dude had two touchdowns in his first game, and so, dude, he's been, these are his yards from week one. 69, 48, 43, 28, 6. What's next week, two? I guess. I mean, if that, if that, that fits the season, <laughs> that's the, the pace pattern. we're at. Oh, my goodness, man. Oh, it's terrible. They oh, get Tennessee terrible. next week. That, that's going to be a – that's a very interesting game. Pittsburgh at Tennessee. Um, you're going to play Juju in DFS, right? <laughs> We got to see his price, but I'm not. Why you think he's gonna like suddenly he's gonna have that breakout game? I don't know, but I'm just saying. I figured maybe you'd well, what say. Did, what, you know, what, what did Randall Cobb do in this game? He's the slot guy. He had a touchdown. Oh, three catches, 17 yards, and a touchdown. That sounds like a juju line. <laughs> Without the touchdown. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Yes, <laughs> you're being a little too generous there. <laughs> oh my god. Yo, how about that game, Houston versus Tennessee? Um, first of all, did you see the stuff about Vrabel on Twitter? Yeah, about the penalty. Yeah, the two. Yeah, I mean that's just absolutely sharp, man. It's it's like like you have to think that Bill Belichick sees something like that is like, oh yeah, that that's my boy. That's yeah, my boy. man. Look, we could say whatever you want about. I feel like Tennessee kind of doesn't. Get enough respect. I mean, None. we saw what they did last year, okay? And everyone's, ah, oh, it's a fluke. It's not going to happen again. Same with Ryan Tannehill. And I think we're all kind of guilty of it. I I did draft Tannehill in one league, and I've been playing him every week only because my other quarterback in that league is Daniel Jones. So there's, like, no reason. I tried to drop Daniel Jones last week. All three quarterbacks I put in a claim for went for way higher. So I'm rolling with Tannehill, and every week he just – Finds a way to get it done. It doesn't matter. He's had A.J. Brown missing. Corey Davis has been out. Humphreys missed time with COVID. Derrick Henry wasn't even very productive the first few weeks. And all Tannehill does is go out there and perform every single week. It's it's amazing. And this team is 5-0 and with, you know, you want to say that they practice when they shouldn't have. Okay, but they, all they do is come out and they win these games, man. I mean, this team's 5-0. and You got to give them some credit. I'm giving him a, a ton of credit, dude. A ton of credit. Listen, last year I was championing Ryan Tannehill for MVP. I'm like, I know what Lamar Jackson is doing. I get that. But if you want to talk about also most valuable player to their team, look at what, you know, look at what Tennessee has done since Ryan Tannehill took over for Marcus Mariota. And the numbers, uh, the numbers scream Tannehill's favor. I streamed him uh, in the Fish League. And uh, and I gotta tell you, man, three sixty four and four touchdowns. I was definitely not expecting that, um, but I am definitely happy about it and taking it all the way to the bank. Yeah, and it's just like I feel like every week, you know, people just don't give him the proper respect. And I know he doesn't put up a ton of passes, and can he continue to be efficient? But you know, I had him ranked as a QB one this week. I mean, I don't know. This week's gonna be tougher against Pittsburgh, but. We we've seen Pittsburgh show cracks. It's just that Cleveland wasn't wasn't able to expose them. But we saw Pittsburgh give up a ton of yards to Philadelphia two weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Cleveland. How about that? Let, let, can we talk about Cleveland uh, missing that ground game? Like, you know, I'm sorry. I I get it. You know, Kareem Hunt uh, is 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 a, a solid back, but he's not Nick Chubb. And I mean, there was just no. Listen, I get that the 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 defense for the uh, for the Steelers good solid run defense, but I mean, Nick Chubb would have plowed through harder through that line. I think. I mean, he's you know the master of yards after contact. Uh, the, Hunt, uh, no way. They weren't they weren't doing anything in this game even with Nick Chubb. This team's not ready, bro. Their their problem is Baker Mayfield. You know, the Cleveland right now they've had two tests against the Ravens and Steelers, and they got dominated. They weren't even in the game in either of those. So they can beat up on these bad teams right now, but they can't even they, – they're not even competitive with these good teams. And Baker Mayfield is a problem. You want to say he was hurt? He has not played well this year, even in the wins. That's their biggest problem right now, and they're just not good enough to compete with these top teams in the AFC. They just can't. Well, there you go. I mean, you know, listen, I, I get what you're saying. I still think that – you know, I mean, if you just look at the play calling, look at the play calling when Nick Chubb is in the lineup and look at the play calling, uh, 
you know, like look at the look at the play calling when they started off against uh, against the Ravens. This is terrible, absolutely terrible. They were they were passing too early. They were trying to get Baker to sling it, uh, and it just it didn't work. Um, then they went like heavy ground game, uh, and it was working like a charm, and they were winning games. And granted, okay, it was it wasn't the the toughest of defenses they were up against. But then why why do you turn around and you're facing the Steelers? Do you go back to that same play calling that didn't work in week one? Like, that's what I don't understand. That's, you know, the, the thing that I found odd. Yeah, I, I just don't – I don't think they're good enough to hang with these teams right now uh, that are better than them. And it's going to be a problem in that division. You know, they still, they still might make the playoffs. I mean, let's see what their schedule is coming up. Uh, they got the Bengals. That's a get-right game. Raiders are a t- tough team to figure out. You know, they beat the Chiefs, but other times they don't look good. Then they got the Texans, the Eagles, the Jags. Are they going to beat up on some teams? And then they get a, a, a tough test with the Titans and the Ravens. Then they get the Giants and the Jets, Steel- and then the Steelers to close. So they're going to make the playoffs, but they're, uh, I, don't, I don't think they can hang with these top teams. They just – they haven't shown it. I mean, again, we've seen two, two games, and they haven't even been – competitive in those games no they they haven't they have not so i get it man i get it listen i you know when you when you look at the schedule and you got some soft teams uh that you're going up against it makes it right you know i mean how there we've seen this with a ton of teams right where where they get off to this really nice hot start and then you look at what their schedule actually is isn't that what happened with the cowboys last year the cowboys got off to like this crazy start and they were the greatest team ever. And it was like, uh, look at who the first four teams were that they played. Yeah, same thing with the Rams, man. Um, yeah. I don't know if I I don't know if I told you on on a live stream or podcast we did. I know on the Thursday night show, because we do that survivor bet, I said the 49ers are gonna beat the Rams. Because the Rams four wins have all been against the NFC East. And this is where people fail analyzing the NFL. They all looked at the Rams and said, Oh, the Rams have been good, man. They're four and one. And everyone remembers what the 49ers did in week five against the Dolphins when they got embarrassed at home and the week before and they beat Philly and everyone was picking the Rams. I was like, man, the 49ers are going to win this game. Garoppolo obviously wasn't healthy. They're at home. They, they, they got some pieces back on offense with Debo Samuel healthy. And they're not going to just let the Rams come in there and beat them. And they went out there and won. It wasn't pretty. They got off to a really good start. Then they really slowed down. But people look at records way too much. I was the pregame show. Everyone picked the Rams to win except Tony Dungy. When you see that, you know it's a problem. Yeah. And when all the like all the money was on the Rams, I'm like, okay, the 49ers are winning this game. It, and that the Ram, again, the Rams, I don't know what to make of the Rams, but I know this. Their four wins are against the NFC East. If you don't realize how bad the NFC East is right now, I can't help you. So, and then the Rams' other loss was against the Bills, where they were getting blown out, and they made that furious comeback. And then the Bills took the lead late and won. And then you can make a case for the Bills too. Like, how good are the Bills right now? Right? I mean, they opened up, beat the Jets, barely beat the Dolphins by three, and Dolphins may be better than we think. Had the huge lead against the Rams, let them back in at one by three, beat the Raiders by seven. Now I've got trounced by the Titans, and yeah, it was only a nine-point game against the Chiefs on Monday night, but they pretty much got dominated in that game. You can take out the words pretty much in that sentence. Yeah. Well, you know what, though? <laughs> the Bills are going to be fine in week seven. You know why? They play the Jets? Yeah, it's, it's a bounce-back game. Beautiful bounce-back game for them. Beautiful. All right, let's uh, let's highlight a couple of guys here. Let's see, starting quarterback position, we saw Deshaun Watson dazzle. Matt Ryan, we spoke about Tannehill, we spoke about uh, Lamar Jackson. Uh, did he did he get right with you for 108 rushing yards and a touchdown? Yeah, it was. He still doesn't look crisp in the passing game, and you know, really tacked on. It counts. It was a 37 yard run late in the game where he broke free. So it counts, though, and you're you're happy to see 108 yards because what was it, two carries, I think, the week before when we were all worried about the knee issue? Yep. Um, but but passing-wise, man, 186 passing yards and one touchdown. Look, if you took Lamar Jackson in the first and second round right now, you feel like you got robbed. That's the bottom line because 
he's not living up to those numbers. Hopefully the rest of your team you drafted was good, but he's not leading you to victories right now. And it could change. He could easily turn around. But again, what you want to do is always learn lessons, right? You want to get better and learn from mistakes. And I'm not saying it was a mistake, but if you did not think Lamar Jackson wasn't going to regress from last year, you haven't paid attention to history. We see it every year. The greatest quarterbacks ever, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning. Remember those historic seasons they have? What happens the next year? They don't produce as well. You could still have a good year, but to think Lamar Jackson was going to duplicate what he did last year and get better, I mean, come on, man. It's just the law of averages. Yeah, no doubt about it. Shout out to our boy, Scotty Engel. <laughs> right. took Lamar I don't Jackson. know. I think he's he's still doing good in the league's on man. Well, he, so. he is because because the funny thing is, is that while he did take Lamar Jackson, he also grabbed DK Metcalf everywhere he needed to go also. Yeah, that is true. He got a freaking <laughs> – he got a lucky win in the GST this week, man. Just, he barely – he, like, had 119 points and won by two. CD Lamb's uh, performance in the game helped him squeak by, man. I, I have more points than him, and I'm two game, I'm three and three, man. But I got a ton of points. So, I mean, that's the good thing, though. Just like you in your FSGA league, man, you got a lot of points. And uh, that's why these leagues that reward points uh, – Make it a lot easier when your record is not what it should be. I mean, I'm three and three, but you look at my points, I should be way better. I, I had a week where I put up 200 and lost, a week where I put up 180, 185 and lost. It's like, really, man? You know? So it's brutal. Uh, it's, 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 brutal. it's the worst, man. And, and that's why, again, I've had these conversations with people, and some people still are like, no, it should be top six records. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, do you not think? Do you guys not realize the randomness that's involved? Like, you could literally go up against the highest scoring team every week, and you could have the third most points in the league and not get a win. And you think that's fair? Like, I don't understand that. This is not real football where you go out there and play and you win or lose. And it's like Bill Parr says, you are what your record is. That's not the case in fantasy. There's a lot of random factors that go into it. The fact that there are still people out there wanting top six records to be the only thing, it's just mind-boggling. I've tried over the years to tell people you want to do four top four records and the next two teams with most points, even five. You want to go that way. You want to slowly bring it in. But you've got to reward someone who has a lot of points and has bad luck and a bad record. Otherwise, like, what's the point of this? Um, listen, I agree. In my, in my home league, it's been a standard. And, I mean, this is for 20 years now. Uh, that it was it's been a standard. We separate into three divisions, and the division top three, the division winners all get the 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 playoff berth. Then it's the next two by record, and then it's the the sixth team that gets into the playoffs is the team that has the most points of the non-playoff teams, and that's just that's you know the way that we just kind of tried to balance out that randomness. And uh, well, I say this, I I hate divisions. How do you how do you devise the divisions? Like what? How do you determine who's in what division? You pick names out of a hat, dude. Uh, see, that's terrible, man. I don't know. You play in it if you guys like it. I just think divisions are all random too. They are. So you you but... could have one division where you got four really good teams, and then just like in in the NFL with the NFC East. But that's geo. They do it geography wise. Even though I know everything is not completely, but there's a there's at least logic in why they do the divisions. In fantasy, like, I don't see the need for it. Luck of the draw sometimes. Let's face it, man. You can't make the fantasy game exactly like the real game. And you I know, know, I know. I, I agree with you on that because I was arguing with someone about this. They're like, well, you, no, this is fantasy. You don't need it to replicate the real game, which is why I don't think we should have divisions. <laughs> <laughs> I just think divisions are random. I played in a league that did it one year and it was just, it's the worst. And then what? You play everyone in your division twice and everyone else once? Yeah. See that, see that. But see, I mean, just, what's what's the difference between that and you know, you just every you know, all twelve teams in one division and a and a randomizing schedule because you play everyone once makes up for it. You but you play everyone once, whereas in the divisions you play your division twice. So you could have, you could p p potentially have like the top four teams in the league in one division. Now you got to play them all twice. So you guys are beating up on each other, and then you got some cream puff division where this team's gonna go. 10 and 10 and three. And they're not that good because they got a but, soft. I division. Mean, that should, that should balance out though. will come the playoffs, you know, and you've got nah, like, but it, it, six it, it teams, doesn't got six always, teams making the playoffs and that cream puff team that, you know, whatever. I mean, it's, it's just, if it's not See, a good I, team, it's not a good team. If it's, if it, it, it wins the division because it's a, a, a weird soft division, 
But dude, it's okay. it's fantasy though. So they could be ten and three and not that good, and they get in the playoffs, and then they just get hot for two weeks and win the championship. Whereas, yeah, or or they get exposed for being a total shit team in the playoffs. Uh, you know that they, they never deserve to be there in the first place. They get blown out. Or they again, they they could just they, they had a subpar year. They got by lucky, and then all of a sudden, boom! Two weeks, you get hot, and then the champions, right? Or I don't, you I just, get lucky the entire time, and then it comes to the playoffs, and boom, you don't get hot. I mean, it's you know fifty fifty there, Adam. I mean, you're not really no, it's not because all right. So you're in a bad division. You take you're ten and three, right? Yeah. If you're if you're in a a tougher division, you might not get in. You might be six and seven, right? What is that? The team that doesn't get in, it has nothing to do with the cream puff team that did get in and got bounced in the playoffs immediately because they didn't get hot, like you're saying. But they shouldn't even have been there in the first place over some other teams. My they, point is that division won their division. It happened because the divisions was shit, bro. The, the divisions are random, bro. That's that. I that's why I don't think they should be used for fantasy. Like, well, don't I take mean, it listen, personal because you, you use it in your league. I'm just saying, like most. What other leagues use divisions? High stakes don't. Industry leagues don't. Because what's the? I don't understand why divisions are used for what. I'm in in an industry league where we use divisions. Which league? The huddle. Well, I'm not aware of that league, but every other league. It's been a league. I've been in this league now for uh, I don't know, almost ten years now, and this was passed down to me from Jeff Erickson. Well. Well, then clearly it's a league that's been around that use divisions. No one uses them anymore, so they stick with it because it's been around. They don't want to change it. Well, who's to say who's right and who's wrong, Adam? I'm, doesn't matter. I'm just saying, again, I'm asking you, what's <laughs> the point of divisions? And you're telling me it's random. You draw names out of a hat. So what's the point of having it if it's random? Um, because, I don't know. It creates better rivalries amongst people who are in the same division. Wait, wait, but wait a, a second. It creates talk, ri- a little more but trash just- talk. But you just you just said that you you pick it out of a hat. It changes every year. No, it doesn't change every year. We picked that out of the hat in the in the first year, and that was it. These are the divisions, and no one leaves the league. Um, I mean, we've had somebody leave the league before, but I mean, their their team stayed in the same division. Like the the team that took over just replaced them in the division. All right, so then you lose rivalries then. What do you mean we lose rivalry? We don't lose because rivalry. you have new people coming in. We've had in 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 a, in a fifteen to twenty year span, Adam. We've had maybe like four people leave the league. <laughs> it's not every single year we're replacing owners. I don't that doesn't jive for a home league for me. Hey, look, I've always said this: if you play in a league and you enjoy it, do it. It doesn't matter what anyone else says. Well, I'm why, just saying. Why are you arguing? I'm just saying from this, my opinion, you don't have to agree with it, obviously. And, and I'm saying for people out there listening, I don't see the point of, of division. And I played in a league with division and I hated it because there's no point to it. That's all. It's ran- It's the bottom line. Fantasy as is, there's too much luck and randomness involved. And as someone who wants to get this game better, I want to eliminate that, which is why I do the double headers, because you said you're in a league where you have a lot of points and you haven't had a win. Right. Well, if you play double headers, you would have wins. So I'm trying to eliminate that. We all know the schedule is luck. It's random. You could play a team that has no one on by every single week, whereas someone else gets to miss Michael Thomas one week, McCaffrey the next week. So to me, the goal is try to eliminate some of that luck, which is why I do the double headers, which is why I think points should account for a playoff spot. I just think when you do divisions, it's just now you're creating more luck. Because it's just random. You're just like, all right. And that's what the, the this is what they did in that league. It's like, all right, one, four, uh, eight, and whatever are one division. And then whatever. And it looks like, what? So, like, it's just random. And now you're going to play two teams in that division. And one division could be a powerhouse, the other one could be crap. So now you're just putting more luck involved in it. And what, that's what something happens, I don't like. What happens if, if, if all the division, what happens if it's, if they're all equal? What happens if, if, that each division is equally strong. Like I get it. You you can you can give me arguments against why you don't like it, but you know you keep saying you know, luck and randomness and blah blah blah. But I mean, if it's luck and it's randomness, then it's something you can't plan on. We deal with luck and randomness in all facets of fantasy sports and all sports even. I mean, come on. We do. And my point is, 
you want to try and eliminate that by putting divisions but you're in. You're never and, going to. Oh, you're never going to eliminate it. You could do I, as many I, okay. different things let as me, possible. Let me rephrase it. Trying to eliminate as much as possible by putting divisions in and having divisions play each team twice and everyone else once. You're invoking more randomness and luck. Whereas if you play double headers, less luck involved, right? Because you're the high, you're the second highest scorer. And any if you don't play double headers, you lose that week. You play double headers, all right. Now you're one and one. Well, what happens if it inspires somebody who's in a division? They're like, damn, this guy keeps winning this division each and every season. He's such a great player. And it inspires them to to work harder, to do more, to become better fantasy owners. Like there's so, a positive. So you why can pull from so that why also. would it, why wouldn't that happen if it's a league of 12 and like one or two teams are near the top every year? That wouldn't inspire you because, to beat because, them? Because teams who are sitting there at the at the, at the the top, who are sitting at the bottom of a, of a 12 team, you know, a 12 team league, no divisions, uh, teams who are sitting there, 8th, 9th, 10th, 11th, and 12th, they all start, you know, grumbling earlier and earlier. Because, oh, I'm out of it and this and that. At least when you've got the divisions there, you're like, okay, you know what? I'm only two games behind the division leader here. And maybe I'm I'm more in it. And maybe it inspires people to, to try harder. Whereas opposed to, you know, a league of 12 where it's one division, the, the team who's in 10th, 11th, or 12th place is like, fuck this. I'm done. I'm, I'm not going to, you know, try any harder in the, in the season because I'm never going to make up ground here. Well, first of all, you got to get better. You know, you shouldn't be like, oh, well, I'm t- get better, man. Don't use that as an excuse. And the other thing is, again, that's why you should have a spot or two for points. Maybe they're high in points and not enough leagues are doing that. Well, that's that's on them. I we, I did that in my league. I did. I do them. I do. I do double headers in my home league and. The sixth spot is the most points because every year it worked out that the right teams got in. And one year, the team with the second most points was not in the top six records. And I was like, damn. And he was like, nah, it's okay. I should have won. I was like, nah, this is not right. So I changed the rule. Next year, I said, all right, top five records get in. Then the team with the most points. The team who had the most points in the league the following year, if I didn't change the rule, he would have missed the playoffs. So even in doubleheaders sometimes, it doesn't always work out. But it helps. It helps a lot. So I just think the job is to do something so we get the teams that deserve to be in in the playoffs. Because if you just do without points and just record, it's not going to work. You're always going to have someone get screwed. And it's just not right. That I agree with. That I agree with. I, you know, and again, that's why I'm saying that you know, having different divisions, it gives people a, a better sense of feeling like they can do more. Okay, uh, can I just ask their, you a question? Within their league. And and yeah, and listen, and as they're fighting, if they do end up not making the division though, but they've been busting their ass and they've been working towards it, maybe that's increased their point total enough to where they do actually get that spot. Can I ask you two questions? No, I'm, I'm not going to allow it. Okay, fine. Okay. No, number one, how come it's not more commonplace? And number two, if you believe in this so much, and maybe I've missed it because I don't listen to every show you do, how come you've never championed for this? What, champion for divisions? Yeah, I've never heard you even In all honesty, because I don't give a crap enough. Like I, I, well, you I, seem to be on this conversation. No, no, you're pretty no, no, no. Because, about because you're telling you're you're like you know automatically telling me that that divisions are bad and and they don't do good things for people for you know for a league and it increases the randomness and this and that and like you know yeah I get that but I'm not going to sit here and say that you know that it's wrong to have you know divisions. I'm saying that there there are reasons to promote it and the, you know and you can give me reasons that you're against it and talk about luck and randomness. I'm not sitting. All I'm doing is saying that it's not wrong. It's not wrong. I I get what you're saying that you know it can increase luck and randomness, but there are a lot of other things that it can do where that's not the case. So I feel you know comfortable saying that you know what playing with divisions is okay. It's perfectly fine. Do it. You want to do divisions? Do it. There are a million reasons why you can, why you should. There are some reasons why you shouldn't. Which, like you said, if you play in a league that you enjoy, whatever floats your boat, dude. Yeah, I've always said that. Whether it's eight, ten, or twelve teams, and I think sometimes that's what happens in this industry. People are like, "Oh, you play in an eight-team league?" Well, yeah, because we don't. 
that doesn't matter. The point, if someone enjoys it, fine. Um, but I'm just, and again, if someone's out there listening, like, oh, I play in a division, like, all right, good for you. Always playing something you want to enjoy. Like if I, and I joined that league, it was divisions. And then after a while I said, now nah, I'm done with this man, because it's just, I didn't like it. I just, it was just, we're sitting there on draft day and then like, all right, the, we're going to pick the numbers and the odd numbers are in one. Div-. I'm like, what is this? Like, <laughs> and I'm like, nah, man, this is so. Uh, just my thoughts when you brought it up. That's just how I feel about it. And I have not played in a league with divisions in a very long time. And I don't hear many people. I know there are out there, but not many. It's not something that I've come across a lot. Hey, you know, maybe, you know, what? maybe, maybe, maybe we'll just, maybe we'll do a league and, and we will, we'll, we'll have that. Maybe we'll make sure that that we'll, we'll put some divisions in there and, and see what we can do. Oh boy. Get you into it. Come on. Come on. Why why would you say no? Why would you say no? Because there are divisions? Yeah, not interested in it. But maybe. We'll see. If you come up with one, maybe I'll I'll get sucked in and then uh I can complain about it when everything goes wrong. Yeah, listen, I when, I when we when we have a six and seven team win the division and get in the playoffs. I'm sure that's <laughs> happened to you, right? It's had to have happened. I remember it happened in one of my leagues. In recent years, you must have had a six and seventeen win the division and get in, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is Please. just like real football, man. It's just like no, the NFC East. Yeah, but th- this is an anomaly. The NFC East this year, like this year, had, who won? Who won the division last year? Uh, Eagles. And, w- right? and what was their record? Uh, I don't know. I don't remember. I can't remember last year. It's such can't a long time. Last year's standings? No. Oh. Were they eight and eight? No, they didn't. They have a tie last year. I no, I know they got a tie, a tie this year. But if uh, if if I'm right, oh oh yeah, oh, are they nine and seven? The Eagles, look at that, eight and eight. There's, I think Cowboys. there's I think there's been two teams to win a division at 500 or under 500 in the last 20 25 years. Thinks didn't Seattle do it one year? I don't, I don't know, dude. I smoked all those brain cells. But it, it hardly it hardly ever happens. It's going to happen way more in fantasy. Now, please, so do, do division winners win money? No. Oh, okay. dude. No, 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 no. Do I, what right, who, who, am I, who am I, Fensty? What do I do? Does oh, everybody dude, get a, the, does everybody yo, get a fucking participation reward. trophy at dude, the end, he too? wants to reward everyone just for showing up. Oh, this guy took a shit this week. 20 bucks for you. Oh, my God, dude. That, I, oh, I had a big argument with him on that. Like, I can't stand that. Oh, high point score for the week. Oh, he gets money. Oh, dude, I'm glad you agreed with me on that. I, I exploded. When he, I'm like, are you serious? Yeah, man. I'm like, come on, man. You're taking money from the pot to reward a high score for the week? Get out of here, man. Yeah. Oh, it's it's dog shit, dude. It's dog shit. And Pemba was saying something to me about, you know, um, you know, being the, the high score for the week and he got some money. And I'm like, are you serious? I'm like, what the hell kind of crap is that? Is this is this a league run by Fensty? And then he just started giggling. I was like, <laughs> oh, well, there it is. There he's like, yeah. hey, I just joined it. That's the way the league rules were. Like, oh God, that's see, that's garbage, man. That's it. Might as well be a fucking participation trophy. Yeah, oh, man, you're taking the so money gross. out of the pot to reward like 13 weeks of high scores. No, man, what one week is rant like any like someone this week was probably got the high score because of that last Drake touchdown run. So now they should get money for that. Right? Like, come on, man. Oh, it's dog shit. It's terrible. It's terrible. It's terrible. It's terrible. Oh my lord! All right, so we've gotten completely off course. <laughs> that never happens with us. This never, is never. So you know what? Let me just let me give a quick shout out here to our sponsor, Monkey Knife Fight, the DFS site you guys should be playing on. And here's why. <laughs> Do you like to play daily fantasy sports? Then you need to check out MonkeyKnifeFight.com. MonkeyKnifeFight.com is the fastest growing daily fantasy site. In the world, because monkeyknifefight.com is different than the other daily fantasy sites. That's because on monkeyknifefight.com, there are no salary caps and you don't have to play against sharks, which means anyone has a chance at winning. Even you, Adam. Even you. Uh, monkeyknifefight.com has tons of fun daily contests in all the sports you love baseball, basketball, hockey, golf, UFC, NASCAR, WNBA, and esports, too. Monkey Knife Fight has it all. You know what else MonkeyKnifeFight.com has? How about a free $5 game for you for just for signing up? And if you use the promo code ANTIUP, 
One word, A-N-T-E-U-P. You will have your first deposit matched instantly up to 50 bucks. With a name like monkeyknifefight.com, you can be pretty certain you know what you're going to be getting when you sign up to play. Monkeys and knives and fights and sports. Sign up and play today at monkeyknifefight.com. Play, play MKFing win. State and age restrictions apply. See site for full terms and restrictions. So that's how we uh, pay the bills. Okay. So here we go, Adam. Let's just let's just bang out some positions here because literally, like, that's the funniest thing is that you and I could like sit here for hours on end, and nobody's listening to a podcast that's hours on end. So except the hardcore people, but except for the hardcore people, I don't even know if the hardcore people can take <laughs> listening to the two of us for more than an hour. I don't think they well, can. I think debate is good, though. I think sure. people. No, honestly. And you guys can give feedback to us on that. I think when people hear debate, they get they don't even realize how long they've been listening. They're just like going back and forth, like, oh, I agree with him, I agree with him. He's an idiot, he's wrong. So I think they lose track of time. But I know people want the shorter podcast, so let's do it. I don't know. You guys out there think Adam's more of the idiot, though? He keeps saying the word idiot. <laughs> I kind of feel like that steers more towards Adam than it does me. Sure. If that makes you feel better and go to sleep tonight, you can think that. I, you know, it's not, it's not a question of thinking it. It's a question of just knowing okay. it. You know, you got to yeah. tell you what, hit us up on Twitter at Adam Ronis <laughs> at Roto Buzz guy. Who's the bigger idiot, me or Adam? I want to know. I want to know. I'll bet you they say me. I'll bet you they say me. I think I have more trolls than you do. And you won't care anyway. I really don't care. Right. You know? <laughs> I mean, it's a shame. You know, it's a shame that people would think of, of me being an idiot, but. Listen, I've been called worse by nicer people. <laughs> we all have. All right, let's hit some running backs here. Well, I mean, Derrick Henry, that was phenomenal. I know you don't want to talk about Kenyon Drake's performance uh, on Monday night. So Ugh, on my bench. About, how, about this? how about this? Ronald Jones, dude. Is Ronald Jones a thing or do we have to worry about Fournette? I mean, at this point, it's probably, it's got to be Ronald. Look, Ronald, I, he's looked good. I even said last, like last year, I was surprised. Like there were times I was like, man, he looks good. Why isn't he not getting the ball more? And they kept feeding Peyton Barber and I didn't understand it. And I know Ronald Jones has some flaws, not great catching the football. Uh, they didn't really need him to in this game, but 4.9 yards per carry, 23 for 113, two touchdowns. Yeah, for now it has to be. I mean, you could, you can interpret what Tampa Bay has done. Right. I think we all looked at it and said, all right, well, Bruce Arians can't be enamored with Ronald Jones. He didn't give him the work last year. He kept going to Peyton Barber. They brought in LaShawn McCoy. They drafted Keyshawn Vaughn. They brought in Leonard Fournette. It's like, all right, at some point they're telling us something here. But right now, Ronald Jones is producing. Leonard Fournette's not healthy. He wasn't active in this game. So could Fournette eventually take over? Maybe. But right now it's Ronald Jones. What about Clyde Edwards-Hilaire's uh, performance on Monday Night Football? 26 carries, 161 yards, 6.2 yards per carry. Uh, four catches, only eight yards. Didn't really get much in the uh, in the passing game there. Um, had a touchdown taken away from him uh, early on. That went to uh, Travis Kelsey for his second touchdown. Uh, this backfield with Le'Veon Bell. I mean... Does it just go to Bell, or does did Edwards Alaire turn around and say, you know what, guys, I hear you signed him, but I'm still here. Yeah, I don't look. It doesn't. It doesn't help his value. That's the bottom line because he was getting all of the touches and he's not now. Uh, whether you think it's seventy thirty in his favor, sixty forty, whatever it is, uh, Andy Reid said that they really kind of brought in Le'Veon Bell to kind of help ease the workload on Edwards Lair. I thought he looked good tonight. The problem is, though, he's not allowed to score a touchdown anymore. This is the second straight week he's had a touchdown callback because of a penalty. And then Darrell Williams gets a rushing touchdown. Dude, that man. was hysterical. Right? Oh, my I God. Would, and, Fantasy football Twitter was tilted so badly on that. Like, it even got to the point, like, Chris List tweeted something out about it. He was, like, all sorts of pissed. I was like, ooh, guess whose chances to win just diminished. Apparently. Yeah, I saw your tweet. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, look, I, and I understand, and I don't I don't have any CEH and redraft leagues. I have them in best ball. Like, the, I just was in a position where I could have drafted them. I either had, like, a 
early pick or by the time I was picking late in the round, he was gone. Uh, so I didn't, and I was willing to take him in the first round. Uh, but yeah, it is frustrating if you have him, um, because he had such a big night and no touchdowns to show for it. Uh, but yeah, I think you will see, they didn't bring in Bell to sit him. Um, right. we know here's, here's the concern I have. If I have CEH, he's had trouble at the goal line, whether it's the offensive line and it has been a lot. If you watch, I think that there's just weren't many holes there. It's not like he read blocks wrong. But he's 5'7", 207. Bell's a bigger back, 6'1", 225. So you figure, all right, we're going to use the bigger back at the goal line. And Bell's really good in the passing game. So uh, I think it is it is going to hurt CEH. But don't panic and, and sell him at a discount. I mean, he still might be an RB2 when you look at the state of the running back position and the offense he's in. Uh, but I don't see how you can say Bell doesn't hurt him. I don't see how you don't say Bell's going to hurt him either. I mean, it's really, it's, uh, it's going to really crush that value. Um, you know, even if it's, even if it's just a timeshare, even if it's just a timeshare, you know, I mean, it's, uh, it's going to be, it's going to be problematic. I don't know. Do you see one doing the, uh, I mean, do you see one taking the, the passing yards? Like, do you see Lev Bell basically, how about this CEH between the twenties and then Lev Bell gets everything inside the red zone. I I could see that. I don't know if it's going to happen. I think it's definitely something to keep an eye on. Now, it sounds like Bell could play this week. I think the last I saw was he might practice Wednesday. I guess Wednesday or Thursday. So you would think he plays this week. And maybe they ease him in. Well, I'm, what am I saying? He just can't, he played two weeks ago. Yeah. yeah um, it's yeah. not like he hasn't played this year. Um, they got the Broncos this week. And then uh, I can tell you this. Uh, the week after against the Jets, he's getting the football. Of course he's getting the football. <laughs> Is everyone going to play him that week in a revenge game? Well, I don't know. Would you play? You know, it, it's I don't know, though. Would you? We'll have to wait and see as we get closer. But, like, what's his price going to be? And, you know, for a guy that's not getting a full workload, I don't know. But I think people love narratives. And they're going to be like, oh, yeah, Bell's one sticks. To but why should Bell be mad at the Jets, bro? They paid him. He got a lot of money. He oh. was They were the one team that paid him. I wouldn't be mad at, at at the Jets, if I was Le'Veon Bell, I'd be thrilled. You guys paid me a ton of money. You're still paying me this year. And now I'm gone to a better situation. I'd love the Jets. I mean, I'd have a Jets t-shirt <laughs> on my jersey if I was Le'Veon Bell. He did. He totally used them. He totally used them. He got paid. I mean, it was, uh, you know, was it was it you I was talking to where I said it? it was like, it's kind of like the, the Brett Favre situation. You know, he has it that he's not going to go within the division the first year that he's uh, he's away, but... You know, so he goes to the Jets, he gets paid, you know, stupid money for one year. And then he leaves him to go to Minnesota. Lev Bell, he goes to the Jets. Uh, they pay him a buttload of money and then he's a douche and he holds out or, you know, whatever. He just, you know, he's hurt. He's not into it. Him and Gase are at odds. Uh, and then he goes to Kansas City and wins a freaking Super Bowl. And and for what? So he's going to get he's getting paid uh, like incentives up to a million dollars for this one. But if he dominates in this system, and let's face it, what Andy Reid can do to a running back, uh, you know, to his stats and stuff. I mean, you know, it's like Damian Williams last year. He is going to get paid in a major, major way uh, if he has a successful campaign. Yeah, so I don't know. I I don't I don't see how mad he could be because everyone's going to say, oh, revenge game. Oh, yeah, there's no revenge. There's yeah, he's not mad. (laughs) I'm thinking the Jets. That was like everybody like Mike Davis with Chicago. I'm like, you know, Mike Davis played seven games in Chicago. He's a journeyman. He has to expect that teams aren't going to like have faith in him or whatever. But I, you know, so listen, yes, sometimes there is a revenge game narrative and sometimes there isn't. Sometimes people just try to overblow it. I know you don't like the revenge game narrative. I, to me, it's a case by case basis. I don't like it as much. I mean, I there are scenarios where I'm like, okay, yeah, that that fits. But people are going to say it with Le'Veon Bell, and I don't know. I mean, maybe against Adam Gase because Gase just it was clear Gase was never enamored with Le'Veon Bell at all. So I could see him hating Gase. But besides that, I mean, the Jets were Jets paid him. I mean, he was he sat out, and I, I wonder how many teams even. We're willing to give him that money, and the Jets did, so he shouldn't be upset with them at all. I'd be thanking him, like, thank you. And then you 
that, and then you release me to get out of this miserable situation so I can go to a real good team with Super Bowl aspirations, you guys are great. All right. You know what? The Cowboys suck. They look terrible. They do. I'm, I'm, they do. I'm, uh, stop, stop, stop. I'm not Glenn. Stop punching. I'm not Glenn. I'm not Glenn Colton. Colton will sit here and tell you how great it is with Dallas right now. Like that dude's the most optimistic <laughs> Cowboy fan I ever met. I'm realist, man. They suck. It was embarrassing. Um, Ezekiel Elliott fumbled twice early in this game, puts them down 14-0. Uh, Dalton didn't play well, but the first interception wasn't his fault. I, do, you're, I'm hoping you're a neutral. Did you see the play? How is that not pass interference on CeeDee Lamb? Oh, totally. Well, he tackled CD Lamb. Yeah, and then ridiculous. and then they did, and then they called the PI uh, in in the end zone. The end zone, and I didn't even see him touch him. <laughs> I'm like, wait a uh, second, I dude, I was I, dying like, wow. on that one. I was like, you know, and and immediately I saw, so I saw you tweeted about that too. Yeah, and I was, and I wasn't even upset as a Cowboys fan. I was upset as a fantasy player who had Andy Dalton in a couple leagues, who had CeeDee Lamb, who had Zeke. I just wanted them to put up damn points. And you're taking them away from with these garbage calls as if the Cardinals need any help? Think about this. The Cardinals put up 38 points tonight. Kyler Murray completed nine passes, bro. Nine passes. And they put up 38. Christian Kirk only needed two receptions to do his damage. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, you know it's it's rare that I apologize to somebody on Twitter, but somebody asked me real early on, like right before the game, was like Edmonds or or Kirk. Uh, I need the highest. You know, I need I need some upside here. And I was like, ah, you know, I just here, here's here's what happened with Edmonds tonight. And if we when we're watching these games, we all see Edmonds looks better than Drake. And I know Drake had a big game tonight. 69-yard run at the end kind of made his numbers appear great. Yep. But the game script completely went against Edmonds tonight because he's more of the pass-catching back. Now, they, they do rotate him in, but the touches are going to Drake, whether you like it or not. Uh, he had 20 carries. Edmonds only had five. And Edmonds only had one reception tonight because, what did I just say? Kyla Murray, nine completions. So... This was just the worst game script for Chase Edmonds. Yeah. Um, I don't think most people thought it would be a blowout. Dallas actually was underdogs and then wound up being favored by one. Um, so that goes to show you the popularity of people flocking to bet on Dallas. Uh, but I didn't think it would be a blowout like this. It was way worse. And that ruined Edmonds tonight. And Kirk, you know, Kirk has been coming along. Um, I did the showdown write up and I put him in there because I said, He's starting to get more involved in this offense. He had 12 targets over the last two games coming into tonight, had one touchdown in there, and usually plays the slot. And Dallas has been – well, Dallas gets abused all over the field. I think they allowed the second most fantasy points to wide receivers coming into tonight. So, you know, that's why I put him in there. But uh, he only had three tar- – basically it was just they didn't need to do anything tonight. They got the turnovers early, and it scripted Chase Edmonds out of it. This – this was the perfect game script for Kenyon Drake. That's that's the bottom line. Yeah. Well, I mean, just like we were talking about in the Minnesota game, you know, three interceptions by Kirk Cousins changes the dynamic, uh, and it immediately changes the game script uh, to take it away from Alex Madison. So, you know, I mean, these these things happen. Yeah, like no one, even the most pessimistic Alexander Madison person this week. You couldn't have ranked him outside the top 12, right? I mean, no, you totally couldn't. So everyone who had Madison was playing him unless you were in an eight or 10 team league and you just had Derrick Henry and Zeke. And even, I don't know, I had Madison ranked fourth this week. So I don't see many other people, (laughs) you know, and I don't regret it. It was the right call. I mean, I, you would I didn't know they were, the Falcons were going to be up 20, nothing immediately in the blink of an eye and cousins <laughs> was going to throw it to the other team left and right. And I played again, I played Madison myself everywhere, at least four or five leagues. I played Madison and got all four of his points. Yeah, I did as well. Also used them in, uh, in some cash games in, in DFS, although it doesn't bother you too much in cash games because he was so, he was so chalky. He was yeah. so chalky. That win or lose, like it didn't matter what he did, like it was irrelevant. Uh, it was like it was. It's like having a free square. It's like playing Chase Claypool. You know, I mean, you just know that that's going to happen. Yeah, that's the thing about cash games. You're really not as concerned with the ownership. 
No, no, no. I mean, you're you're encouraged. You're looking for it. I mean, really, the easiest way to build a lineup in DFS uh, and and winning cash is to go through like the ownership projections and see who everybody's on and just mix in like those you know those players. Make sure that you have good shares of them. I mean, because the, that's just that's going to keep pace with it. And it's you know it's like you know you you just need one or two of your other plays, um, you know, to just to to do well, they don't have to, they don't have to pop off. Like in a GPP, you just need them to do well because you know, you've got three quarters, you know, half of your lineup is still, you know, is the chalk that everybody's eating and win or lose it happens. So that's why it's always, I, I don't understand like why people don't do that. Like, you know, everybody chases the, the million dollars, like everybody chases that. Uh, but meanwhile, it's like, you know, you just sit there and you can play the chalk, uh, in 50, you know, 50, 50s and double ups and, and, you know, just build your bankroll that way. And everybody just kind of, because it's like, you know, you don't have the allure of, of these crazy big prizes that people are like, oh, no, forget it, man. It's like the well, easiest everyone, thing to do. Everyone wants to hit a home run. Everybody does want to hit a home run. And you know what? Sometimes you just can't do it. Sometimes you swing and miss. Anyway, all right, listen, you know what? That's going to do it for us here today. That's our that's our week six uh, recap along with uh, a nice little heated debate, divisions or no divisions. I'll tell you what, man, I'm going to throw a poll up on Twitter uh, right after this and you know, after we finish recording uh, just to send it out to people. I'm just kind of curious as to what other people think. Uh, do you, you know, does playing, you know, does playing, how, how should I phrase this, Adam? for the masses to be on it. Like what do I uh, need to do? Either do you like would you want to play in a league with divisions in fantasy football? Right? Would you want to? Do you like it? Something like, right? How do we want to phrase it? Um do you like to play with div- I don't know. I just asked you that question. I guess I would say would you enjoy playing in a fantasy football league that has divisions okay okay are are divisions in fantasy football bad how about that (laughs) all right i don't know i don't know in any event big thanks to all of you guys for tuning in listening to me and adam uh go off on each other for a little while uh we hope you did get some good fantasy knowledge out of this uh we'll be back uh you know we're gonna we're gonna have you know we got a whole big waiver wire episode come up tomorrow so you'll be psyched about that we'll even do a little DFS preview uh, for the next show as well so you got a lot going on here stay tuned to Annie up big thanks to you guys for all subscribing uh, and liking our our podcast uh, bigger things to come from here uh, as well so just get excited be happy uh, thanks to uh, Shannon Blunt for doing all the editing job that she's gonna end up having to do tonight. For Adam Ronis, I'm Howard Bender. We'll catch you next time.